spoken lately. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed of that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I haven't dreamed of waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Hi, it's Andian from Spoken Label. A spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and records show it started off really as a one-off podcast chatting to writers, poets and artists. Over time, it became monthly, then weekly and occasionally nowadays it goes on that to a more regular basis. To date, I've done over 330 sessions and I'm always looking for new poets, writers, artists, singer-songwriters, general interesting creative people to come onto the podcast. You can find this on all the usual networks over Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay and dozens of others. But it does have a central database of spoken label, which is all one word, dot bandcamp.com. Obviously now, to help me with the running costs of this podcast, I'm always grateful for any kind of donation to assist me with it. You can either do the donation through the Bandcamp page by putting in a fee to download one of the free podcasts, or send it over to my PayPal to aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk. My email address again is aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk. Enjoy the podcast. Take care. Bye. Spoken label. Bye, guys. Andy N. Spoken label. Back in the house on a no, it's Monday afternoon. It's Tuesday afternoon. Actually, the week's sinking to one for me at the minute. Got a dear friend of us today over over in the Stockport area that I know from going regular to right out loud Stockport. Fantastic poetry writing and discussion group over at Stockport Art Gallery. The wonderful Martin Elder. Now, Martin, when did we first meet her there? Was it what, five or six years ago, was it? Oh, at least, yeah, five or six years ago. I've yeah. lost count. I've been going there for like, 11 years, and I know you weren't on the first the first couple, certainly, you must no. have a long bit later on, mate. So, but anyway, yeah. we're here today to talk about Martin's debut collection. Before we get to that, Martin, obviously, tell people first of all then about yourself. I know, obviously, people won't know this. You I know you were originally born down south, but oh, before you moved to Stockport, and, and you told me that you write, you were writing quite young then, weren't you? So tell us about that, first of all. Then. Okay, so um, I guess my first foray into writing was when I was at school, and I once wrote um, a short essay and a poem around the Vietnam War. And surprise to me, because obviously I'm that old, I can remember the Vietnam War. I was a young man <laughs> in the 60s. Um, no, I mean, you were, English... two or, you were two or three then, really, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Uh, my English teacher said to me, I submit this to a magazine. 
I said, oh, okay, yeah. But I heard nothing more from that and thought nothing more about it and really didn't sort of do any more writing after that. Uh, Until the age of around, I was in my mid-30s, I suppose, late 30s, when I decided a career change, um, which involved going to university. And one of the ideas Mm. I had was to study to become a teacher. Oh, and I, I, yeah, I, I didn't have any GCSEs at the time, hmm. which you, you need regardless whether you've got a degree or not. So I did maths and English. And to my surprise, English, I, I got um, an, A, an A1. Um, and I think a lot of that was on my creative writing. So I was writing short stories at the time. Uh, yeah. And as a result, oh. after that, I just kept writing short stories and writing short stories which I have done for the last 30-odd years at various times. Mm. Um, so that's that's where my writing started. Oh, I never knew that. I never knew that about you. Because, like, obviously, people wonder the Stockport group is primarily, although I'm not a poet now, but it's such a thought nowadays. I know, I've always known you as your very character-driven poems. And that kind of makes sense to me. Cause like, and that's why, so when did, you, when did your poetry come then? Was that when you first started going to the Stockport group then, was it? Well, not... Yeah, uh, probably a, a year or two after that, because I, I did start writing poetry, I guess, back in, I don't know, about 20 odd years ago, showed it to a friend. He said, no, nah, I don't like that. So I stopped writing. <laughs> yeah. So don't never do that. You know, if, if you're a writer, perspective writer, particularly poetry, don't show it to a friend and base it on that. Bless him, I still love him to bits, but um but then back in 2012, mm. sorry, 2012, mm. uh, I was working in um, Bolton um, and the people I was working for, the NHS, they lost the uh, contract to deliver the service. So oh, effectively, yeah. oh. I was made redundant. Um, and I, I, I don't know where it came from, but I wrote a poem called Return to Bolton because oh, I yeah. catch the train and you go in the morning and you'd say, return to Bolton, please. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, I wrote this poem and people seem to like it, you know. Uh, and then I wrote another, not, not associated with that, and then another and another. And I, I didn't stop. And that, that was around to, as I say, 2012. Um, so, the, so the poetry has been going since then, as, as well as doing short stories as, on top of that, you know, occasionally. Oh, brilliant. Now, here today, of people wanted to primarily talk about your debut collection, aren't we? Rewind, yeah. Replay, which I like the title of that. Now, First of all, then, obviously, I've got quite a few questions I want to ask you about this book. Why Rewind Replay as a title? Okay, so essentially this collection um, is a a kind of history of me or what I can remember of my life um, as as a young boy. So one of them Mm. talks about me about the age of five or six on Brighton Beach, where where I come from in Sussex, uh, and then sort of throughout... My, my my history from what I can remember, if you like, the early years, if you will, uh, up until sort of like before I moved up here, uh, which was about 30 years ago now. Well, no, no, not that long. About 25 years, 28 years ago, I, I moved up uh, into the northwest. Um, so I had the sort of all these things there mm. I wrote down mm. as poetry subsequently and I decided to put it on there. And the whole basis, if you look at the front of the book, uh, it's, it's an old cassette tape, which I've, I've put Rewind, Replay, and it's yes, about okay. rewinding memories and then replaying them. 
basically. So. Very, 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 very clever cover, Tim. She is and I agreed straight away with that. So I remember at the time you showed me that cover. I thought, yes, that's an excellent cover straight away. Now, I want to talk about a couple of the pieces in this, if you're okay with this. Like, obviously, yeah. I absolutely loved the first point, Ghosts. I thought right. it was really quite... I think it it came from a few layers, of really, as a piece that. So, obviously, what made you want to start off with a poem like that as called Ghosts, direct into the book? Was I'm, it like ghostly memories? Remind my, remind <laughs> We're organised, a spoken label, we are. Big host and guest, definitely. Uh, I, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So, um, it was... Um, it was really sort of thinking about um, memories that we have and how mm. we have them in a kind of order sometimes and something sparks off those memories in our minds. And mm. it's, it's a bit like an old filing cabinet you go through. Yeah, um, yeah. So it, that, that was the kind of sense of that. And there was Some of them are, are good memories, some of them are, are ghosts that you'd rather forget, you know. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. I agree. You see, it's, a, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting choice to start that one off with because I, I know when I've done books before, and I, I wouldn't have had the guts to start off with a poem called Ghosts at the beginning of it. I might have put it <laughs> halfway through, just when you, you've established it, but it's an interesting choice to do that. Now, I've got to ask you as well, obviously, about the second piece as well, obviously, um, which was um, Eddie Pondham's Apprentice. Now, this, oh, is obviously, right, yeah. this is obviously clear about your very young memories, isn't it? Well, it, it basically, um, it's when I went to, excuse me, <clears throat> a New Year's Eve party when I was a, a young man in mm. my 20s. A friend of mine, she had a flat in London. We got invited, my, my best friend and I got invited to go up. And this guy turned up in a, in a, a trench coat, um, uh, looking like a, an accountant or somebody who works for a firm of accountants. Mm. Uh, very 1930s. Now, for those of people who don't know who Eddie London was, he was a jazz guitarist in the 30s. And this guy just turned up with a small amp, got his guitar out and started playing. It was all jazz of the 1930s. And so that that's based on that event that actually happened. Right, yeah. It felt like, if you read the piece, it's a great piece again, where you could actually feel that they sit there. It was a memory. And I was wondering yeah. whether it was like somebody you knew that straight away. Now, yeah. obviously... In the certainly first part of your life, I know from what you told me before, um, you grew up a lot around Brighton, didn't you? So yeah, yeah. Now obviously that itself made a big influence on certainly a good chunk of this book, and people wonder yeah. why when you're going to like Brighton Beach and stuff like that. Yeah, you look back at that now and think yourself like when you look at your poetry from then, like it was like, have you changed as a person doing a lot since you moved to Manchester twenty five years ago? When you particularly with your pieces as well. Well, yes, I mean, could, because obviously those are based on, on memories, um, not just childhood, but as a young man, because, you know, mm. Brighton's the nearest town, even if I didn't live there, we used to go down. That was the nearest big town. It's now a city. Um, yeah. That's the last poem as you uh, refers to it as being a city. Um, but it was the place we, we would go. So many of the early memories are, are based around that. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great, a great piece and it's a great collection as well. Now, no, I don't want to go into too much detail. I want to, I would like encouraging people to actually check out the book themselves. But I've got to ask you, what I know of you, Martin, I'm guessing you didn't have the legs to wear for polka dot dress, did you? The polka dot dress? No, that's yeah. my mum. <laughs> I guessed, I guessed. Yeah, yeah. She had a, she had a, one of my enduring... I mean, she's she's still around, bless her. She's 
95 now. Yeah, isn't she uh, living with you now from my memory? She is living she? close by, yes. Yeah, she's yeah. moved up from the south, which was a big step for her last year. I think um, it was, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so, one. Um, she was obviously a younger woman then, and I was a, just a young whippersnapper. I can remember wearing the polka dot dress in the summer with sunglasses. I think we were visiting Canterbury Cathedral, which is in uh, Kent, Canterbury, Kent. So. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. They do like it's. That's what's really good about this book is the memories you you talk about. It's a very relatable full collection. And it's a really, really good, really, really good book. And I definitely recommend people check this out. Like I said, I'm guessing with this, it's took you, well, I know you, this has took you a few years to get the book together, probably, won't it? <laughs> yeah, you know the traumas I've had, Andy, over this. Uh, well, there's a talk <laughs> That we won't talk about, right? We'll talk, we'll talk about the creation process of the book, not the nightmare you've had on Amazon and a few yeah, yeah. pieces. The writing of the poems, in one sense, was the easiest part of it. Um, but like every poet or writer, you know, you want to sort of try and get the things right so it makes sense. Because whilst it makes sense in your own head, will it make sense to somebody who's reading it or listening to it? So Yeah, that's no, straight away. No, get it straight away. No, it's a great book. Like I said that one straight away. And what I also know about you is like, obviously, we obviously we know each other from the stock book. Group. I know you have read elsewhere as well, haven't you? So has it been getting a good reaction, this book so far then, has it, in your readings you've been doing? Well, yeah, I, I haven't. I haven't sort of read round um, other people too much, although there have been sort of favourable things. I mean, the reason I, I, I first started to do this was, I think I might have told you before, Andy, I was invited to be a uh, featured poet in Swansea, and this was like about yes. three or four years ago. Yeah, before, I, do, I do remember that well, mate, yeah. And uh, one of the things they said to me is, have you published anything? Uh, and in fact, that has been a feature of whenever I've appeared somewhere. Have you published anything? I was like, oh, no, no, I haven't. So, I mean, this is one of the reasons why I, I've, I've done this. You know, um, having said that, most of the things that they've probably heard haven't been this. They've been stuff around Manchester. So there will be another collection perhaps next year, which will feature a lot more around the local area. Brilliant. Yeah, no, definitely good luck with that, because I'm always a believer, and this didn't happen to me. Like when you got the first book out of the way, it's like just taking that first step to let introduce your work to people, which is yeah. ironic with me because it took me five years to do my second book. <laughs> that's that's me for you, and three years to do the third one. So, but yeah, no, I get yeah. it completely. I mean, like, it's what's really good about your pieces, and that's what I'm looking forward to with your future collections is the characters in your thing. Because have you found that like, because of your background in short stories, you you always you find it easier to write about characters in your poems. Possibly, yeah. I mean, some some of the characters are, are based loosely on people that I've met or come across or seen. Mm. I mean, I, I will see somebody in the street, literally, I'll walk past them and think, that's an interesting character. I wonder what's going on there. And yeah. we'll write either a poem or a short story around that person. That's just totally out of my imagination. Others will be actual uh, people that I've spoken to and I've taken some of what they've said or the way they look or the way they act and and use that um so and some are just situations you know so yeah i think as as writers we are aren't we we used to start seeing something and making an assumption on it whether it's right or wrong in the case and that then we just run yeah. with it don't we so yeah I, some I, of I know, it, sorry but yeah some sorry, of it yeah. No, I, i'm sorry i'm interrupting you as no, a, no. some of it's a lot of artistic license but some of it you know is, is, is based on on what I've experienced. So, I mean, this book, for instance, a lot of those things are things that I've experienced. 
so the the, mm. the the poem night fishing which some people like which is yeah. about me going into what will now be termed a club but in those days they were called discos um featured the characters that were there you know and one particular character i mentioned at the end you know so uh yeah and that that, that was an experience of a night out one summer in in brighton i was wondering about that piece because you think you take night fishing you obviously like i know people go fishing and you know one of them jeff rama does it all the time and i was envisioned yeah. reading that and i thought this isn't about the sort of fishing i know so <laughs> 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 that's all i know that's all i'm going to say then move straight on but now obviously yeah. like why this bit down? Because I don't want to keep you too long today with this. But obviously, like, I know you've hinted already that like, you're thinking about other books along the lines, aren't you? So, and, and I know you've got a couple of series of them that go on back. And you're like, you've been writing a load of poems in America and other character race pieces. Is this what you're thinking along yeah. the lines of next for your work? Well, that, that, that might be uh, an option to do that because I'm quite attracted. I've never actually been to America. I've been to Canada, but I've never been to America. Ah. The whole genre of America fascinates me, both the past and the present. You know, it's got it's such a rich cultural diversity there. You know, the small towns, the large cities, the people, the music. I mean, so much of our music we get from there, and it, it's fantastic. You know, the, the, there's a whole soundtrack of, of things and I, I love the rhythm to poetry for me is important you know um so just walking down the street you know and you can imagine walking down a street whether it's manchester or new york or wherever you get a certain rhythm and a flavor of what's going on if you're walking down that street so you know things like that really excite me so oh no okay oh. no, i can't blame you i think it's I always believe as on and any any writing sequence to a book each got to be different from the previous one and that's why I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing your second one. Like, definitely good luck with that immediately. Now, obviously, I just want to wrap up with, obviously, like, um, if people want to get hold of this collection, where do you recommend they go? Well, contact me. Um, contact details will be available uh, directly. And, you know, I can send them a copy. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, obviously, the yeah, line cut up for a second, but just to you, clarify, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Be, read the description in this of the podcast, and I'll, I'll explain where Martin's stuff you, you can contact him. He does have a profile on Write yeah. Out Loud, so obviously, like, straight we can check him out there. And if he really knows, you go and track and find him on Facebook. I'm sure he loves messages from that folk, people saying, "Here's five million pound for your, for your copy of your book." <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. so I'm, sure, I'm sure his wife would appreciate that if someone tells you. I'm that. sure she would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brilliant, mate. Well, good luck with this book, mate, straight away. And like I said, go, go, like I said, tell people, go and do reads and enjoy it. It's a great book as well. So, thank you. Hang around because Martin is in a few moments going to do a few pieces for us. So, we shall see you all in two shakes of the dust. Spoken Label. Hi, guys. Andy N. Spoken Label. A fantastic Martin Elder. Martin's going to do four poems from this debut collection now. So, it's over to me to shut up. Over to you, my friend. Thanks, Andy. Okay, so this first piece is called School Dinners, and probably it speaks for itself, but it reminds me of a time when I was at a primary school run by, um, yeah, run by teachers. Okay, so School Dinners. The pride of Mrs. Thingamabob and her crew. So much food plopped onto plates that really looked enticing. Hot and steaming, a kitchen big enough to cook and stew food for a fleet. 
often misting up her glasses. The queue moving slowly, enough for me to chat to girls and do what I always did, play the fool, the court jester to be verbally patted on the head by these girls who were totally out of my league. The cabbage was boiled to death, just in case it made a bid for freedom, salads with lettuce, an escaped tomato and a few hardened peas, curries that made my friend go completely red in the cheeks. Semolina was just a spot of jam, creamy tadpoles on a plate, and the cook's revenge, cold, disgusting pink blancmange that wobbled both on the plate and in my stomach if I dare let it in. Mashed potato dispensed in rounded ice cream scoops, but the best of all was the hot steaming puddings with something that passed for custard. Primary school was better when we had shepherd's pie with a thick brown and crusted topping cooked by the nuns with whom you would not argue. Served in a great army-sized metal dishes with real minced meat, carrots and mashed potatoes and a stew you could stand your spoon up in. Sponge puddings with real custard every so often having to abandon the main building because of the cracks in the walls were getting bigger. Perhaps they should have filled them with the gravy applied in smoothed out lumps with a trowel. Okay, so that's the first one. Oh, you're making me hungry um, now. You're making me hungry now. I've got body and custard. That's a lot okay. of stuff. Anyhow, <laughs> we'll move straight on, mate, because I'm going to start. All you're going to get okay. is... I worship so, five minutes of me of sponge pudding and custard. Careful. <laughs> <laughs> Over to you, two so this next mate. one, as, as you probably gathered, the prim- one of the primary schools I went to was was a Catholic one run by nuns. It was, um, and I nicknamed these nuns as they're often called penguins, and this is this is called penguins. The tall ones are the Arctic ones who would freeze anyone with just one stare. For instance, there was one who had a six-foot-long cane she liked to apply to your hands, and after you'd gone, punishment dealt, hands red and sore, her face would fill with laughter, a manic, psychotic kind of madness that filled the room. The convent, we were told, was filled with penguins, who all were apparently sisters, though, save their garb, nothing, none looked alike. There were small ones, big ones, old ones, Irish ones, even the occasional young one all dressed mainly in black, surrounded with a crucifix and a frown. And when he visited, they simpered round him, something like giggling schoolgirls on a church picnic, as if he'd carried some special dispensation from the Pope. He only thought to carry off his only thought to carry off two boys to mine the altar while he performed holy rites, his particular form of contribution bringing holy retribution upon the flock. The clever ones were the Arctic ones. They were the ones watched with an angelic countenance. They were dangerous, sly as weasels, and cunning as a fox. Holy smile could melt the ground you stood on with their hands tucked in their heads, looking all holier than thou, with a pat you on the head look, and eyes that said, watch it. I'm keeping an eye on you. They were the clever ones, the Arctic ones. They were the ones to watch. Fantastic. That's really, really evocative, that piece, Martin, it was. My kids, I, I didn't actually know you've been taught by nuns growing up, actually, so 
But from what I know of you, the wild party animal you are, it kind of makes sense, that really. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm going to shut up shop now. I'm obviously going to get into insults and dog So you tormenting yourself. Okay. Give, us, give us your third piece, mate. Okay. The next piece, uh, it's called It Was One of Those Nights. Uh, and it's kind of based loosely on an Eagles song. So you can imagine uh, by this time we're talking the 70s, there uh, and I was driving down country roads country lanes coming home one day one night again in the summer so it was cool. it was one of those nights warm summer dark steamy night hair trailing halfway down my back the car stereo blows blares out into the dark as I cruise down country roads and lanes hamlet cigars and lighter and waistcoat pocket arm resting on open window the night breeze, a brief reprise from the sticky and the hot. In jeans cover my desert boots, cassette whirs and clicks. One track ends, another begins. Guitar kicks in, hardly sunset strip. No suntanned or bleached blonde girls, just another fantasy drive. Lost in music, the solid 4-4 beat. The carefully corralled harmonies. I join in the chorus on the bend, round a corner. A fox loped across the road, caught in a moonlight glow. No hurry on a midnight skit, making me slow, down a gear, back up a gear. She disappears in the trees, and I'm up a hill, past silent ash and hope, down the high street and slide into the drive. Home for me is in my head, is where the music is, keeping me grounded and alert. That's that's a really good change in, change in tone to the other previous two pieces. That one, can we see you as a slightly older man than it now? You can definitely with that. I can see I'm I'm Jeff and Jeffrey. I'm loving that. He always goes about music on his pieces, but in a different way. So, oh, fantastic, yeah, yeah. fantastic. So, okay, we're on to the big finale now, aren't we? Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so I'm going to go with night fishing, uh, which I mentioned earlier on, and. I'm a similar age, so it's at night in the summer going to a disco. Uh, so here we go. It's Saturday night and I just got paid. The lines of a song come to me as I walk down the street, a certain swagger, a nervous demand on self to look, to feel the part, because I'm out in the night, set to conquer, to overcome, to find that which seems elusive. It seems an ill-conceived notion among the busy streets of people and a color place where i always feel like just another taxis turning sharply in mid-flow cars horns and flashing lights bounce off the pavement bounce off walls hanging in the still night air bombarding senses as we hit the street one lad is shouting at a mate a bunch of girls giggling it's summer and the warm breeze is blowing off the sea when my cousin my friend and i walk into the place of dance and multicolored lights, undisguised and petulant delights, flights of fancy pass the bar, flitting back and forth across our vision as we, the fishermen, cast our eyes, cast out our line, watching, waiting, patiently, waiting for that moment among the dancing, gyrating fish moving rhythm rhythmically around their handbags, some in circles, some in pairs, others in complicated kind of squares, then at that moment, pulling in the line, my cousin hauls in his catch, a slow sway, intimate cheek by jowl follows, 
before disappearing into the night down to the beach, just him and her. Sometime later, when we're tired and the night is long, we head to the car and he shows a cheeky grin across his face, a nod and a smirk is all it takes, as we, the night fishermen, return home in silence to find new lines and repair our nets, the talk of tales not done, and thinking of ones that got away, the one who had two teeth missing, who drank pints of lager and black, and praised for someone whose eye will lion catch next time, will catch her in his net, night fishing. That is such a well-measured rope piece, that Martin, straight away with that. And it was a great choice having to finish off, because obviously, this session with it, because obviously we're talking about before, tremendous stuff, mate. So, right, as the line crackled a little bit and then the first half, tell people again that where can they get hold of the book from? That okay, so, yeah. <laughs> so through through me, uh, if you email me on martin.d.elder at ntlworld.com. Brilliant. Thanks for that, Martin. Like I said, yeah, but it's well worth your time checking this book out. It's a, it's a fantastic debut collection. And hopefully, Martin, it won't take you as long to get the second collection done. That's all I'm going to say there. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, mate, listen, hang around anyway, seriously. It's been a pleasure today. So I need to quit early off microphone. I want to thank you again for today, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Andy. Right. It's been wonderful, mate, definitely. So as Don Callis at Impact Wrestling says, stay safe and stay over. And we'll see you all next time. Spock on me.